Currency is buying power. Right? If you don't have money, you can't buy anything. I think over the last 10, 15 years, I think we can all relate to this. Don't have to raise your hand. How many of you no longer write checks at the supermarket or Walmart or the department store, right? And how many of you no longer use cash? Instead, we use what? Debit cards. Yeah, they're quicker, they're easier. Just insert the chip, correct? Or maybe we have some form of credit card, we get a couple percentage back. Currency is buying power, what you have. I think we can all relate to this. The first time I worked, I figured the number of hours I worked and the amount of pay, and I wrote it down, how much I got. And then I got my first pay stub, and I said, what is FICA and SS? You know what I mean? It's quite a shock. As a kid, when I went to West Germany, I learned all about currency, because the Deutsche Mark is only worth 55 cents to the American dollar. So whenever I bought anything with a mark, I always had to tabulate in my head, well, this is 55 American cents and how that was valued in my mind. Currency is buying power. So let's do a little trivia. Can you guess these world currencies? Ruble, from what country? Russia. Yen. Japan. Franc. Not France. Switzerland. The real. Brazil. Spain. Euro. Now say it. France. About what? 12, 13 other countries in the European Union. World currencies. Pound. Great Britain. Rupee. India. Juan. China, and finally, you'll get this, right? Different currencies throughout the world. The other reality about currency is only good currency is worthy. Now, I'm going to take you back in time to one of my favorite TV shows as a kid, even though the show is about 40, 45 years old. How many of you ever seen Little House on the Prairie, right? There you go. You got it. Walnut Grove, Minnesota, if you ever want to go uh, do some sightseeing, go to a place called Dismet, South Dakota. And that's where the Ingalls family spent most of the time. You get to see their house and you get to see their burial spots as well. A real family. But in this show, Charles and Engel, who are rather meager farmers who uh, scrape together a living for them and their children, they found out that they have a rich uncle and he's leaving them a great inheritance. And they heard that it's worth hundreds of thousands of dollars. And so in the show, they realize they're going to be rich and so... They did some very kind things, unheard of. They bought an organ for their church and a new steeple. And Charles brought new tools. And so Carolyn made new clothes for their family. They had all sorts of exquisite gifts, new books for the school. And the day came when their rich uncle was going to come, or relative was going to come, and bring them the treasure chest of their money, hundreds of thousands of dollars, which is probably today worth a couple million. They were somewhat disappointed and saddened because you know what currency it was? Go ahead and read it. Confederate, what's it worth? Nothing. It's the only worthy, uh, only good currency is worthy. It was worth nothing. So currency is buying power, and only good currency is worth something. Currency is influence. Money does talk. Let's be honest, sometimes we don't mind rubbing shoulders with the wealthy, especially if you have a project where we have a need. Well, we know that person has some depth to their wallet. Maybe they can help out. Money does talk, it's true. But there are more important currencies than money. Uh, in my previous 
congregation, I served in a, a local service agency, and uh, every week we had a speaker. And so one week the speaker came, and everyone that was part of our service club had to introduce themselves. And finally they came to me and said, what's your name, and what do you do? I said, well, I'm Kurt Muse, and I'm a pastor. And the person looked at me and says, well, good, we need people to work with the poor. But if you know me as a pastor, we do much more in the church than work with who? The poor. There's much more important things that we do in the church. Now, it's true that we have a food pantry and a clothes closet, but we do a whole lot more important things than just give food and clothing to the poor. We have the gift of salvation. We have something great. There's more important things than currency. What power? Well, influence. That can be a great blessing in the hands of the right person. Leadership. There's also friendship. Aren't our friendships worth more than what? Money. How many wealthy people are lonely? How many people are lonely? Friendship is worth a lot. What else? Grace. Grace is worth a whole lot more than money. It's the only currency we have to get to heaven. Or what about life? What happens if I'm wealthy, but I don't have good health? What good is that? And no offense, I couldn't help but quote the Beatles, you can't buy me love. Money doesn't buy love. That has to be found and discovered and shared together. There's a lot more important currency, things in life than currency. That leads me right to the crux of today's sermon. And uh, so in Acts, um, Peter and John, they're walking along and they see a crippled beggar. The only thing you could do was beg. There were no uh, nursing homes or rehabilitation centers. There were no long-term hospitals. The only thing you could do is beg. And can you read what, he said, what was said to him? Let's read that. When he saw, together, when he saw Peter and John, he asked them for money. Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, silver or gold, I do not have. You see, he had something worth far more worth than silver or gold to give this crippled beggar. What? Let's find out. Peter had an eternal eternal currency. Read it with me. But what I have, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ, get up and walk. See, the currency he had was worth far more than silver or gold. He had the power of the resurrected Lord. Get up, walk. I have something worth far more value than just a couple simple coins. You see, friends in Christ, we're still in Easter. I know our minds say we're not. That was two weeks ago. We put the eggs away. We put all the decorations away. That's no longer out. But Easter is still with us because the resurrected Christ is still with us. And we have the power of the name of the resurrected Christ. And he always calls us. Read that with me. Repent then and turn to God so that our sins may be wiped out, that times are refreshing may come from the Lord. You see, we have a greater currency than money. We have the power of the resurrected Lord who forgives us repentant sinners. That is what we offer. That's a blessing far greater than silver or gold. That's a great currency. Friends in Christ, when you die, when you approach the gate of heaven, what currency is going to matter? Will your good works bring you into heaven? Will your money bring you into heaven? Will your fame bring you into heaven? Will your reputation? No. There's only one currency that matters, and that's grace through faith in Jesus Christ. It's not for our own power. It's connected all the way back into the Old Testament, the promise 
to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the promise of the Messiah, fulfilled by the prophets who talked about the coming of Christ, and he is the holy and righteous one, the author of life. And our greatest currency is Christ's death and resurrection for us. That when we die, the only currency that matters is Christ's death and resurrection for us. His grace. That's the only thing that's eternally worthy of anything. Nothing else is. Now, Martin Luther, the great reformer of the church, wrote this about what currency matters. Can you read it with me? Who has redeemed me, a lost and condemned person, purchased and won me from all sins, from death and from the power of the devil, not with gold or silver, but with his holy, precious blood and with his innocent suffering and death. I wonder if Luther was reading Acts 3 where he got that not with silver or gold. You see, that's the explanation for the second article of the Apostles' Creed. Notice the currency, Christ's death and resurrection for us. So let's go back in history because I'm somewhat of a history geek. 500 years ago, April 18, 1521, marks the anniversary of the Diet of Worms. What was the Diet of Worms? Luther appears before Charles V and the Council of the Church. And there he's accused of writing materials that are considered scandalous, that are considered heretical. And there Luther made the very famous statement. See if you can finish it for me. Here I stand. 500 years ago, exactly today, because Luther's currency, as he shared, was, I'm bound by Scripture. My conscience is bound to the Word of God. Someone must convince me of Scripture and plain reason where I err. His currency was the grace of God, and he's willing to stand up for it. The currency is Jesus' death and resurrection for all. Today, 500 years ago, was Luther's currency the Word of God? He was willing to risk life and limb. Matter of fact, he was supposed to be burned at the stake for being her- heretical. Eternal currencies. I want to talk about some false currencies that we sometimes buy into. And the first one is popularity. We all like to be loved. We all like to be on stage by ourselves. I think that's why social media sites are popular. Come and get me likes. I like likes. I like the people comment on how nice my picture is or the nice meal I ate. Popularity is a false currency because it fades. Our worth isn't based upon that. And friends in Christ, have you ever betrayed your conscience or given into your principles to be popular? To have people affirm you even though you know that you were wrong? I have. Jesus says this about popularity. Can you read it with me? What profits a person if they gain the whole world yet lose their soul? That's a false currency, popularity. The next false popular, next false um, a currency is mammon. Now let me explain what mammon is. Mammon's not money. Now we all have needs here. So we get our paycheck, we pay our mortgage, we pay the electric bill, we have groceries to buy, we have our car payment, and we have car repairs. Dentist visits, get that. Things we need. Now what's mammon? We all know what this is. When we're done paying all our bill, bills, sometimes we have some money what? Left over. Mammon is that money that's left over. Some people call it fun money. Some people call it spoil me money, money for me. Mammon is the excess money that you and I have that some people worship because now we get to have fun and we get to do all sorts of things. 
I'm not talking about needs, I'm talking about wants. Mammon is a false currency. It might seem to bring good things, but it ultimately doesn't. Read what Jesus says. Read it with me. You cannot serve both God and mammon. You will love the one and despise the other. So popularity is a false currency. Mammon is a false currency. Two more. Favoritism. What's favoritism? This group of people gets special needs and this group of people doesn't. We treat these people as favorable and entitled and these people aren't. Favoritism, for some reason I like this person, some reason I don't like that person. So we favor them. They get more love and attention. They get neglected. By the way, we hear a lot about our society as some people sometimes aren't treated fairly or equally. God made us all in His image and God died for all. So read the Bible verse with me. As believers in our glorious Lord Jesus, don't show what? Favoritism. And finally, the last false currency is pleasures. We like having fun. We like me time. So Jesus teaches us about that in the parable of the sower and the seed. Remember, his seed goes out, and some seed falls among thorns, and it gets choked out, and those thorns are pleasures, things that make me happy, things that I do to entertain myself or to soothe myself. They're pleasures, and it's a false currency. It never satisfies. Read the Bible verse with me. The seed among the thorns stands for those who hear. But as they go on their way, they are choked by life's worries, riches, and pleasures, and do not mature. False currencies. What? There's popularity, mammon, favoritism, and pleasures. But we have an eternal currency. We have our resurrected Lord in His name that's with us. And may we all hold that currency. That's the most important thing that we have. That's the most important thing that brings eternal blessings. And finally, I'll point you to when Jesus was on the cross, the eternal currency He gave. Remember the man on the cross next to Jesus said what? Lord, remember me when you come into your... And Jesus said what? Today you'll be with me in paradise. Eternal currency. May we all value and cherish that in our hearts. So how about this for our closing thought? I think you also heard it in our confirmation testimony as well. Read it with me. Store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moth and rust do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And all God's people say, Amen. Amen.